0: Politics mostly is back. Peter Ramirez is back. I've read the emails. I've seen the tweets. New daily episodes until the midterms. Let's go! Hello one, hello all, and welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ramirez. Not just any podcast, an award-winning podcast. Um, what a word will you say? Um, how about best comeback? Because I'm back. Um, I've seen the numbers. Frankly, I wish this show wasn't as popular as it was, because then I could very easily move on from my life uh but listen, there will be people there will be people that would be upset if that happened, right? So we can't do that. I mean without saying how many people would be upset, it's somewhere between a thousand and hundred million. And I'll let you figure out which side of that spectrum I operate on. <laughs> Alright, so the busy season for me is over at work. I'm dedicating more time to my craft here. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Um, I am committing to daily episodes until the midterm elections here in America. And once again, I have to say America because I have a lot of international listeners for reasons I'm not quite sure on. Um, So new daily episodes during the week anyway until Election Day. I'm happy to be back. Um, It feels good to be back. You know, I'm I'm getting I'm literally dusting my mic off and I'm like, you know, am I going to still have it? God damn right. I'm going to still have it. Um, today I want to talk about, and listen, I know this isn't going to sound interesting, but you know, it's me. It's me, guys. I'm I'm going to make this shit interesting, okay? Gas prices, okay. Okay. We need to talk about gas prices for six reasons. Um, and they're actually pretty important reasons. And I'm going to talk about the midterms and stuff in a second too, so relax, relax. Just sit back and let me fill you with left-wing propaganda. (laughs) Um... Pretty much it would seem as the Republican election playbook, which it always does, is like inflation and gas prices. And then in the summer when inflation numbers were down and gas prices were down, it became critical race theory and the border. (laughs) And now it's back to inflation and gas prices, which makes me think as an educated consumer of U.S. media, that those numbers must be bad again, right? Now, the, you know, Republicans will always have old reliable in their back pocket of, you know, some some teacher in Oregon's this district called it, you know, National Indigenous People's Day, give that the A block on Hannity, you know, shit like that, you know, these cultural wars. I've talked about cultural wars on this podcast. You guys know how I, how I feel about them. Increasingly, I'm less and less... Uh, intimidated by right-wing culture wars. Um, but now they're getting back into economics, and we need to talk about gas prices, okay? Because at some point, a member of your family, right, or um, someone you know is going to casually mention something I'm about to say, and then I want you, the educated listeners of politics, mostly with Peter Ramirez, to be able to fight back armed with knowledge, facts, charts. God damn it, charts. Fight back against this misinformation. Okay. The first thing I want to say is I do watch a pretty decent amount of Fox News. This will surprise my listeners, but longtime listeners to politics mostly will know that in my gym, they are fair and balanced in my gym because on one TV, there's Fox News. And on the other TV, there's Fox Business. So they give you both sides of the issue, right? The right wing, you know, Christian nationalist, hit them where it hurts. And then they they pair that with the delicate nature of the trickle-down economics, you know, calling everyone welfare queen side of you know, so you get both sides, right? When I'm in the gym, I get the left and the right. Or in this case, the right and the very right. So one thing that always Fascinated me. This is one of my six points I'll be making today. Is that there's a lot of talk about the Green New Deal. Now, this is very important. Listen up, listeners. Listen up. I just snapped into the mic. Hopefully, that didn't cause any eardrums to burst. Um, the Green New Deal, this is very important. The Green New Deal does not exist. It literally does not exist. There is no U.S. law called the Green New Deal. It it doesn't exist it is a pile of policy objectives that is floating around desk to desk in a lot of uh, think tanks in Washington DC in the green room of morning Joe perhaps but (laughs) people say oh gas prices are high we can blame the Green New Deal you literally can't because it doesn't exist there is no law It was a proposal. It was floating around. It didn't even come up for, I think, a vote in the Senate. Maybe the House passed it. Um, It literally doesn't exist. So if you're having a debate about gas prices with literally anyone and they mention the Green New Deal, you can just feel free to tune them out like the rest of the way. Because if they can't even acknowledge (laughs) that what they're saying is the cause of high gas prices doesn't even exist like in space, time, and matter, then you're not really gonna get anywhere with this person in a conversation, right? Okay, that's number one. Number two, for people who say Biden is anti-oil, anti-drilling, anti-fossil fuel, right? Okay, I wanna know what that's based on, right? Because, you know, I did some research for this podcast. I don't mean to brag or anything, you know, shit. You know, you, you people aren't paying me. I got shit to do in my personal life, but I said, you know what? I'm going to look online in the World Wide Web and try to come up with facts supporting or disproving that claim, that Joe Biden is anti-oil. Um, here are the facts that I found, and feel free to you know share your facts with me as, if, if you find something that was different, because I was actively looking. My, my main thing is, okay, I have to see what they're saying and, and, and quoting and see if it's actually true, and then I didn't find much meat on that bone, right? The, the biggest thing they say is, well, he endorsed a fracking ban in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he said that. I'm not going to go download YouTube to MP4, download the clip. Hopefully it doesn't get flagged on my podcast. I got to fucking take my shit down with a copyright claim. No, I'm, it exists. I remember that distinctly. He said we need to ban fracking when he was in Pennsylvania. And Trump was like, oh, and then what did do? Trump lost Pennsylvania. <laughs> Um, so what's my, uh, response to him saying he wanted to ban fracking? Well, he said some shit, but you know who says a lot of shit? Politicians say a lot of shit. (laughs) The reality is there is no federal ban on fracking, right? This is increasingly an issue with, uh, environmentalist, uh, activists, if you will, that it used to be they had a hard time getting democratic uh figures to adopt their language adopt their preferences right and now we're getting to a point where everyone's saying the things that are supposedly political suicide they're taking the negatives of that and then when it comes to turn comes in time to um pass these laws that back up what they say suddenly uh they don't do it so yeah biden said he's against fracking and i want to eliminate fracking, and you know what's happening right now as we speak in this country—a whole lot of fucking fracking. <laughs> Fucking—I'll fr- say that ten times quick. Okay. The Center for Biological Diversity, okay, not exactly a political organization, examined public records for drilling permits on public lands. Okay, Trump's first year: 2,658 permits were granted to oil companies to drill on federally owned land. Biden's first year. Okay, let's see, he's anti-oil, so maybe half, maybe maybe zero, let's see, 3,557 permits granted to oil companies to drill on federally owned land. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means, would you look at that, the anti-drilling Brandon approved 34% more permits for oil companies to come frack the shit out of American public land that the government owns than trumped it, Okay. And on top of that, by the end of last year, there were 9,000 total permits granted to oil and gas companies to drill on federally owned land that were not being used. That's not Biden's fault. Contrary to popular belief, right? Biden doesn't actually own drilling equipment. He doesn't do that. But what he does do is grant the leases and that's what he's doing, Okay, 34% more leases to come drill than Trump, 9,000 unused permits as we speak. Okay? And what about energy independence, right? We hear that a lot too. I, I see the Chirons on Fox News. Why are we producing less oil? Why is he anti drill and drill, baby drill, right? Okay, let's look at the facts. The most recent data from the U.S. Energy In- Information Administration. Holy fuck, they gotta, you know, they gotta name these things something more interesting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm into this topic. I'm doing a fucking podcast on this shit. And I'm over here like U.S. Energy Information. Oh, my God. I'm falling asleep mid-sentence reading this shit. <laughs> uh, this is actually a government body, right? This isn't a left-wing group. This is the fucking government. Um, It shows the amount of U.S. domestic oil production per month by year. Okay, so we actually officially track how much oil we drill per month in barrels, okay? The most recent confirmed data that I saw on the website is from May, right? So let's look at May. In May of Trump's final year in office, because he was a one-term president who lost. He really lost twice, but that's for another podcast. The US produced 9,713 units of oil per day. This is measured in like tens of thousands of barrels, right? So 9,007, right? In May of this past year, under Biden, the US produced 11,629 units of oil per day. Okay? So during the same month, because you know oil production will wax and wane depending on the month, you know, you need to drill more when it's summer cuz demand's higher and then drilling falls in the winter when there's as much demand because as i'll get to in a second oil is literally just fucking supply and demand um so i'm taking the same month two years apart okay 2020 versus 2022. during the same month may two years apart biden's america produced 16 and percent more oil than trump's america OK, so under President Biden, the US produces more barrels of oil than any other country in the world, including Saudi Arabia, including Russia. OK, so how can Biden be anti oil when he's approving 34 percent more drilling permits than Trump? How can Biden be anti oil when we are producing 16 percent more barrels of oil a day in America than we were under Trump? It doesn't make any sense. OK, number three. Oil is an internationally traded commodity. This is very, very important. It is the subject to uh, market pressures of supply and demand. What happens to the price of oil when Russian oil is rejected by the international markets? What happens to the price of oil when Saudi Arabia announces cuts to production, right? It's just supply and demand. These aren't Biden problems. Let's look at the gas prices in Canada and Europe everywhere. It's higher than it currently is in America. Netherlands, right? $6.48 a gallon. Norway, $6.27. Italy, oh, Italy is cheap oil. Only $5.96 a gallon. Canada, right? Fellow oil drillers, fellow oil producers directly to our north here in America, they are looking at $6.49 a gallon. Canada, okay? Um, right now, according to AAA, which is not uh, a member of Biden's cabinet, right, America is averaging $3.80, so significantly lower. Not not 50% as much as our allies to the north and, uh, and east pay, but uh, if you gave those prices overseas, let's just say you'd probably be out of gas pretty quickly. <laughs> <coughs> so... Gas is just over half the price in America as it is in Europe and Canada, and that's not liberal podcasts or pure Peter Ramirez telling you this, that's just the data, okay? Oil, which is the number one predictor for gas prices, is up on the international market because of supply and demand. It's that simple, right? When Saudi Arabia announces cuts, the right cheers, but it's so funny because the right blames Biden for high gas prices. So which is it? right? The Saudi cuts, undercut that argument. So when the right is happy that gas prices are going up because of our dear, dear friends in Riyadh, they're implicitly acknowledging that domestic policy doesn't really factor into gasoline prices at all, right? Because if gas prices were just Biden's fault then why would Saudi Arabia decreasing supply of oil on the international markets have any effect on gas prices here in America? But they do, and it's because oil is an international commodity. Okay. Fourth, we're more than halfway done. I promise you, we're getting in and out in less than 20 minutes. I fucking guarantee it. The fourth thing that you know, Republic, you have to be aware of in the midterm seasons, a lot of shit is being sprayed in these, commer, in these ads, these digital ads, these TV ads, these mailers that go to people's house you know, these people aren't fact check. you know, you can say anything you want in this shit there's really no fucking rules, you know, and that's why when you get a piece of political mail in the mail, you don't just read it and assume it's right, you say hold on, let me, let me log on the politics mostly and see what peter ramirez has to say <laughs> um here's probably the hottest take i'm gonna have on the pod i'm gonna have a lot of evidence to back it up because people are gonna be like. Ah, rah, 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 rah. gas prices aren't that high right now based on a number of metrics right right now gas is like in the mid threes depending on where you live you know gas was over five dollars a gallon before bush left but we all forgot that right We tend to view gas in nominal dollars, right? How much something costs as a flat number across time. So gas 10 years ago may have been two something and now it's three something. But 10 years ago, how much money were you making? Because by most metrics, wages have outpaced the rise of fuel when looked over a proper sample size, right? Another way of looking at this is a metric called Cost of 10 gallons divided by hourly wage. You're thinking, what the fuck does that even mean? I'll tell you what the fuck that even means. It means how many hours of labor do I have to do to fill my tank? Or, you know, 10 gallons anyway. Your car probably holds a bit more, right? How much work do I have to do to fill my tank, right? Before 2014, the numbers were always between one and a half and two, aka it takes on average about two hours of work to pay to fill most of your tank, whatever 10 gallons gets you. Today, because wages are so much higher than they were a decade ago, two decades ago, that number is about one. It takes on average, right, these are averages, right? It takes on average one hour of your work to fill 10 gallons in your tank. Right? People say, oh, gas used to be $2 a gallon. You know what else? Gas used to be $1 a gallon. Did you know that? I bet you didn't know that. And gas, here's this. I also looked it up, right? Gas used to be 50 cents a gallon. Oh, and at some point, I bet your gas was even a nickel per gallon. This is why we can't view gas prices as an absolute number. We have to balance it against what wages are. And the indisputable fact is that right now, it is cheaper to buy gas than at most points in recent American history when viewed through this model, okay? Finally, the last two points, and they're very quick. One is unfortunate. One is also unfortunate. (laughs) You don't come here. Let's just say you don't come here for good news, okay? People, I've... I'm somewhat fascinated with charting presidents' approval ratings over time. Right, goes up, it goes down. In Trump's case, it pretty much just went down. Um, <laughs> Where you know that's pretty much the you know I'm not saying up a few, down a few, but if you look at the general trend, Trump's just went consistently down his first his only four years, and then Biden's went down until like late spring this year, and then have kind of rebounded and flatlined again. Right, so. I've always been interested in like, well, what causes these mini spikes? What causes the trend, right? What's going on in the news? And obviously, more bad news, whoever the president is, no matter if it's your fault or not, you're going to get dragged, right? Um, The issue with Biden is if you just map in like a two chart graph, his approval rating and the price of gasoline as measured in US dollars per gallon, there's a, troubling, <laughs> there's a troubling and unfortunate because of what I've just spent you know, 15 minutes telling you. There's an unfortunate uh, correlation. I would say correlation, yeah, causation, we'll have to see. Correlation between the rise of gas and uh, pr- uh, President Biden's approval rating being, uh, how would the nerd say it, inversely related. <laughs> As the cost of gas goes up, Biden's approval goes down. As the cost of gas goes down, Biden's approval goes up, right? It's actually kind of sad when you look at that because, like I said, you know, oil and gas are you know, these international commodities. Biden's drilling them as much as he can. I have even mentioned the fact that he's taking, you know, uh, s- barrels from our strategic national stockpile and throwing them into the fucking consumer markets. Um, he's doing everything he possibly can. He's you, you want to come, you want to come frack the fuck out of forests and, and come? I, if I'm Biden, I'm begging these places, these companies to come drill. Uh, so Biden's really doing everything he can to keep gas prices low. I don't literally know what else he could do, um, outside of like invade Saudi Arabia and be like, no, pump more shit, man. <laughs> um, so that is the fifth thing about gas prices. Is that unfortunately, for whatever reason, during Biden's first uh, two years in office, uh, pr- there has been no, there has been no factor more closely related to his approval or disapproval. Well, not, not unemployment. Not the stock market. Not you know the fact that we're not at war for the first time in my fucking life here. Um, You know, not student debt relief, not, you know, trying to protect abortion acts. You know, none of this shit matters. It's just how expensive is this international commodity. Uh, And that is how Biden's approval comes and goes, unfortunately. And the sixth thing, and this is probably like a generically... uh, Fuck, I think I've been talking too close to the mic this whole fucking episode. Fuck it. I'm not recording. I'm not re-recording. You don't pay shit for this. (laughs) My last... My last uh, point I want to make here is, and I was mildly critical of Democrats in 2018 of this. If you're a Republican, you got to give me something more than just X is happening right now, Biden is happening right now, it's therefore his fault, give us power, right? There's got to be something else there, right? Like, okay, gas prices are three something. Ideally, they'd be two-something, right? Like, wouldn't that be nice? Um, There's no plan, as far as I've read, from anyone in House leadership, Republican GOP stuff, uh, that have come out and be like, here's our plan to lower oil. Now, you'll have to remember that if you are to believe the polls, and I'll get into this more in an episode later this week that you know, Democrats have a decent shot of holding the Senate. The most likely outcome, statistically, of this midterm election is that, well, obviously Biden is still gonna be president, um, Democrats are statistically likely to hold the Senate, and then Republicans are likely, statistically likely to get a majority in the House. So now it's January of 2023. Let's do a little fast forward, guys. And you got a Democratic president, a Democratic Senate, and a Republican House. What the fuck are you gonna do, Republican House members? Right? Nothing. you no law that you're going to bill. You're gonna pass is gonna. Nothing is gonna impact anything. Uh, I doubt it would even pass your own fucking raucous House at this point. Short of like having uh, climate change as a Chinese hoax in there, you're probably not gonna unite the crazies in your party. Um, it's not going to probably pass the House. It's going to be dead in the Senate. If miraculously they both go through, I'm sure it would be vetoed by Biden, right? You got to give me something, Republicans, that you can actually, like a, a, an accomplishable, if that's even a word, uh, itemized uh, schedule or agenda that you can pass in the House. And maybe even in the Senate, let's just, you wanna be optimistic, you're gonna take the Senate? Okay, you, you gotta give me something besides, look how bad things are now, I'm different, right? Okay, I get you're different, but what are your ideas, right? And, of course, you know, every time I listen to Republican talk, it's inflation, it's gas prices, it's Joe Biden, right? It's not, well, here's what we do stand for. It's that they stand against inflation. Oh, really? You're against 9% inflation? That's so fucking brave of you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you... would you prefer if gas prices were cut in half i prefer gas prices were cut in half too would you look at that we're the same person okay so you got to give me something besides oh biden's bad we're good give us uh, you know give us power right give me give me something to look at cuz anytime republicans do that historically like 2012 they get fucking walloped because they come out here they're going to cut medicare they're going to cut medicaid they're going to cut um, social security right <laughs> and what are we going to do we're going to fund ta- corporate tax cuts with this Um, We want billionaires to pay even less taxes than they currently do. Uh, We'll give you fucking rebates if you want. (laughs) Um, So that's why Republicans are notoriously... You know, Democrats are like, well, here's a 17-point plan. That chart 1 and 2, right? These like highly technocratic bills and laws. And then Republicans are just like, freedom, America, we're different. We love this country. Then we give them power. And what do they give us? Fucking corporate tax cuts and cuts to fucking social services so that's my challenge to republicans all right wow it felt really good to be back uh 25 minutes in i could have gone for 50 as you probably know um thank you so much be on the lookout i'm going to be launching a tiktok in the next few uh weeks Uh, probably by the time you hear this i'll probably be on tiktok politics mostly peter ramirez um, I'm on Twitter. Peter underscore underscore Ramirez, I think is my handle. I, I generally do the fleets. I don't do the tweets. Uh, so if you, if you find a, a dashing young man with uh, very few tweets on his profile, but with surprisingly decent amount of followers, then you found the right spot. Thank you so much. I will see you guys again tomorrow.